Today's episode of Birds with Friends is brought to you by NetSuite. Successful companies know faster growth requires the right tools. If you're doing one, ten, or hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, NetSuite by Oracle gives a full picture of your business, finance, inventory, HR, customers, and more, all in one place. Over 19,000 companies trust NetSuite, the world's number one cloud business system. Schedule your free product tour right now and receive your free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash listen. That's netsuite.com slash listen. To your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Boeing shielding the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins. Still, Bo's old arch nemesis, Greg Cosell, shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some birds with friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Bo and party are coming at you. With stats and things flapping their wings. You can't live up to expectations, so just do your best. <laughs> That's what I tell myself in most life endeavors. <laughs> just go with what you saw today. Okay, yeah. Change your opinion daily. Yeah, I'm all about that. For You'll sure. be wrong often, yeah. but then you can just point back to when you were right. No yeah. one will remember. No That's one's true. listening. Hello and welcome to Birds with Friends. I'm Zach Berman, along with Bo Wolf and Shio Kapadia. I'm in the driver's seat today. Something different, trying to make amends. After a poor Christmas week showing, I'm hoping I can avenge myself here on Valentine's Day. How are you guys? Excited for this podcast. <laughs> I felt like some somebody had to say that, right? Yeah, that's probably right. It's been a good week for Shield, I think. It has? It's been a great week for Shield. Yeah, all this Why? rain. You must oh. feel like you're back in Seattle. All right, let's move on. Take, take, <laughs> well, take, take, take control early, Zach. <laughs> I was going to say uh, it's a great I, week for Shield for a different... Yes, please go on, Bo. Uh, I wanted to tell a different story, a, a non-Shield-related story. I wanted to tell Shield a story. Fire uh, away. Shield, uh, last night, um, my uh, my dad was babysitting Casey, so Rachel and I went out to dinner, uh, made a little last-minute reservation at a... Uh, a place we've been wanting to try, Kalaya, this this Thai restaurant uh, around the corner. And, uh, you know, we're, we're having our meal, and it's a very good meal. And, and Rachel gets up to go to the bathroom, and as she does, she says, hey. And I look behind me, and there is Zach Berman. Really? Yes. We were sitting back to back, essentially, like like two feet away from each other for like what? an hour, and we had no idea. No, I, I I needed to focus on on today's podcast, being in the host chair. So I needed a big uh, pregame meal, needed to load up, and uh, I uh, it was it was nice to see Bo. I, I didn't want him staying out too late because this was a big podcast today. Was Zach there solo, or was he with somebody? Yeah, he was with he was with his cousin Lee, who I've met once before, and two and two of his brothers. I got to meet Berman brothers for the first time. Oh wow! So Zach definitely saw you, but did not want to interact with you. No, I think that's no, right. I no, a matter of fact, if there was anyone who would have seen the other person, it would be Bo because Bo was actually no Bo and no, I, I was... our, our, our backs were to each other. So uh, Bo's wife might have seen me from the back, but but our our backs were to each other. Okay. 
Well, that's what uh, an odd what an odd uh, coincidence, don't you think? That's very strange. Yeah, I think something's up. But Shield. Yeah. So this is a. Uh, it, it was. A, it, it's a. It's a great restaurant, but it, it's crowded and it's loud. Yeah, we and were. I mean, we so, were like two. We were like two feet away from each other, and it was so, so loud. Like I, I feel like I would have heard Zach's voice at some point, but I never did. But to do the stop and chat, you're basically holding up the mm-hmm. the waitress from yeah. like getting through. So oh we yeah, spoke we did not have bit, much but, time for the stop and chat. Yeah, we couldn't do a long stop and chat. Is, well, is that I, acceptable, Shield? Yeah, I think that. I mean, you see, uh, you know, I never want to do the stop. It the shorter the better <laughs> for me. And uh, good, you know, I, I think this is really fascinating because if one of you started talking about the other person, uh, uh, yeah. you know. Uh, like you're out to dinner with your wife. That's when, you know, you talk about a lot of stuff. You talk about <laughs> yeah. work. You're letting it all out there. Zach's there with families. Like, God, this guy's driving me nuts with these podcasts. Uh, it could have gotten really dicey. So I'm glad you both are here uh, doing a podcast together. I'm assuming that none of the, it's good that it was loud and none of that was heard. Well, tonight's different might have been different because I, I had a whole plan for this podcast, and literally my control of it lasted thirty seconds. So, well, you had to know I was going to tell that story. This is, uh, you know, I'm I just did. dropping in a story. How was your meal, Zach? It was delicious. It was it was spicy though. Yeah, how spicy so, did you get it? I didn't know there were degrees. I mean, it was uh, it was okay. very spicy. Yeah, it's 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 spicy. I have can I can I tell one other story? Oh my gosh, you're allowed to say you're allowed to say no, Zach. By the way, this is this this is another story. It's a February podcast. I think you will both enjoy. Uh, I was I was working I was working at my uh, usual coffee shop the other day, and you know I had my earbuds in and and but I I noticed the uh, the proprietor walking over to somebody and she said. Uh, hey, just so you know, uh, next time, please, please don't bring food from the outside in here. Oh, I like <laughs> yeah. it. What did the person Somebody bring? got called out. They brought in their own, like, sandwich. Like, like Oh, uh, my God. Pathetic. They had been working there for, like, uh, over an hour or whatever, and then they unwrapped this uh, saran wrap sandwich. I was, it was crazy. So I'm glad that that person got called out. Get, get them. Uh, they should never be allowed back. <laughs> okay. All right. Go ahead, Zach. Take, take, the, take the wheel again. <laughs> I appreciate it because we we do have much to discuss today, including All or Nothing, the Amazon NFL Films production that took you behind the scenes of WIP or or the Philadelphia Eagles, rather. <laughs> uh, but before we get there, let's let's talk free agency. Shields' top 100 list is out. We touched on it the other night, but I must say this exceeded even my high expectations. Uh, Shield, what were your big takeaways? About this free agent class. Hmm. My big takeaways. Well, I I know Bo is going to have some uh, feedback and things to say, and I'm sure you will too. So we'll, we'll take it in that direction. But I guess my big takeaways are, you know, it's the biggest story that every you know NFL writer is talking about. Just the number of quarterbacks who are going to be available or could be available, and it's not just the people on this list. You know, uh, you know, Dak Prescott. We expect him to go back to the Cowboys. Drew Brees. We expect him to go back to the Saints. We now know Philip Rivers is going to be available. Tom Brady is a maybe. Jameis Winston is a maybe. Ryan Tannehill. Uh, you know, Marcus Mariota's out there. Derek Carr could get traded. Andy Dalton could get traded. Nick Foles could get traded. It's really, I think, unprecedented. Like it is definitely since I've Stafford. Been... Yeah, I don't think that, I don't think that one's legit. Okay, uh, but maybe. Um, uh, but it's really, uh, at least since I've been covering the league, I don't remember an offseason with this many, you know, they're not all great quarterbacks, obviously, but this many starting caliber guys 
who are available. It's really, uh, I guess, a, a buyer's market is what you would say. I don't know. I mean, do you guys really believe that all of these guys are going to change teams? Cam like Rivers, Newton I didn't mention. Cam Newton you didn't mention. Uh, like Rivers obviously is, is going somewhere. I still just don't buy that Brady is going anywhere. Uh, like I oh, don't I think, do. I don't think really? Tannehill is going anywhere. You, th- you think Brady's leaving? I do. Interesting. I like that take. I, I don't actually. I, I think it's fun to talk about now, and I think anything uh, certainly could happen. But I think the guys you're looking at who really – could switch teams. You mentioned Rivers. I think Cam Newton, uh, absolutely. I think Jameis Winston, you could see uh, switch teams. So, yeah, I think when all is said and done, it may not be as exciting. But, you know, it's not – I don't think Tom Brady's like a given to come back. That would not be a huge shocker if he did not return to New England. So um, the the intrigue this time of year is what's fun about it, I think. Where do you think he's going, Zach? Why well, I, I don't know. I, okay. I just think the fact that it it has lingered. I, here's long. the thing. I don't. I don't think that. I don't think Tom Brady is, uh, like he's. I don't think he's entering free agency and then like trying to find the right place. I think if he no, goes to free agency, you. there's a place where it's already done and done and dusted. Yes, I don't know and, what and that's that place why, is, but. And I I can't see Tom Brady playing for, for like an an unremarkable either city or franchise. And and so if you're in Los Angeles for the Chargers, um, that's a big deal. If, if you're the first quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders, um, that's that's a decent deal. Uh, I, I can't see him as like the Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback, for instance. You know what I mean? Mm. It, it, it would need to be a situation where... Just, just where, the people of Jacksonville just sideswiped out of nowhere. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, or the people of London, rather. You know, <laughs> yeah, if they were yeah. the London Jaguars, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, but I think either Vegas or Los Angeles, although that's not necessarily original thoughts. And and then the, the Dallas thing always lingers, but I still think Dak's going back. I mean, I think the scenario I... What was this? You know, I do think that he he realizes he needs to go somewhere or whether it's the Patriots or somewhere else where the weapons are really good. What was that? Bo just opened up a LaCroix. That's a uh, lime Waterloo. Mm, Okay. Uh, that was that was very loud. That was like mm. uh, you know like a movie or something where they amplified the sound <laughs> of the opening of the can. But uh, I, I think he needs to go somewhere where the offensive line is good and the supporting cast is really good. So, you know, maybe he sits down with Belichick and uh, Brady says, you know, we need to go after this, this, and this. And Belichick says, well, maybe, but, you know, in his head, he's thinking your decline at the age of 43 is also a part of this. And that might not be the best use of our resources. They don't see eye to eye. You know, that one meeting doesn't go smoothly. And then Brady says, all right, you know, it's been fun, but uh, I'm out of here. Well, and financially, it really, it only makes sense that uh, if he hits free agency, he's leaving. Yes. And if he, like, once he hits, once free agency starts and he's not signed, he's leaving, right? It doesn't make sense because they have to take a $13 million cap. Correct. And then, yep. so that doesn't make any sense. I think overall, looking at, at Shields' list, quarterbacks certainly and defensive linemen, uh, there are a lot of really good defensive linemen from, uh, we discussed kind of the top edge rusher in the last podcast and then, but interior guys, whether it's Chris Jones, Eric Armstead, um, there's there are good defensive linemen in this class. It, it's the type of thing that I, I still wouldn't rule the Eagles out from going after an edge rusher because of the premium they place on the position. 
But if they didn't give Malik Jackson big money last year, um, you could certainly see them in the defensive tackle market this year if they if, if that were not the case. Yeah, I know Bo and I talked about this last offseason. I, I know the team has to get younger, but I like dabbling in the old guy pass rusher market. I think those guys uh, can play into their 30s if you get them on a maybe it's just a one-year deal type thing. But there are some guys in their early 30s who I feel like can play and give you help right away and aren't going to be really expensive. And so, you know, I don't, I would be surprised if the Eagles went after one of the uh, top guys, but I think once the dust settles, maybe there's a, uh, maybe there's a defensive lineman who could interest them and give them a little more pass rush. Well, I look at, I I look at end and tackle for the Eagles uh, in two separate ways. I think, I think on their, on the edge, I don't anticipate them adding a, like a middle of the road guy, uh, at least before the draft, because you think about it, they've got, uh, you know, they've got Graham and Barnett at the top, but then they've got Sweat and then Sharif Miller and Jannard Avery, who they use mid-round picks on. And, you know, if they still want to sell us on Illo Stino, Joe Osman, that's that's something else. But uh, they don't need they don't need like to add a guy to gum up the uh, the, the, you know, the, the rotation in like the mid-level. But if they can add a guy who like really makes a difference, you know, like an Ngakwe Ingo- or something like that, then that moves guys down. I think that's fine. That makes sense to me, and we know that they value that position. Whereas at defensive tackle, I do think they need a third body. Now, I, I think that defensive tackle is like, as we've talked about, maybe their second most pressing long-term need. I think they will address it early in the draft. But I could also see them signing a guy like, you know, Derek Wolf or something like that, who can who you can pencil in as a good uh, third defensive tackle right now. Shelby but Harris. I like a Shelby Harris. Yeah. If on day one of free agency, if if they gave $20 million to Ngakwe, am I pronouncing it correctly? Yeah, um, I believe so. Yes. Uh, it wouldn't be like the most stunning development the Eagles have ever done. Really? I would be I would be pretty stunned by that. You wouldn't be? $20 million, given their uh, situation? I mean, I, I wouldn't I, – I don't know – I'm trying to think if I would be against it or not. I love the player. He's only 25. Um, he can help you for a long time. But that type of splashy move, and like you mentioned, that's going to cost you $18 million or more. Uh, that would surprise me given all the places I feel like they need help. I think if but they I, do that, you look at it, it probably you know precludes them from obviously signing like a, you know, a Byron Jones or something. It means yes. you're probably... It means you're maybe bringing back like McLeod at safety and then signing, uh, you know, Kevin Johnson or somebody of that level at corner. I I think they'd be more comfortable philosophically, at least, giving twenty million to uh, a near elite pass rusher than fifteen million to like a very good cornerback. Do you agree with that? Like a Trey Wayne's, I think philosophically, yes. I don't know if I don't know if they will if be able practice. if they will yeah. be able to do that given their needs. I think that's right. I mean, I don't. Uh, Trey Wayne's is not going to cost that kind of. Uh, I don't think that like top tier corner money. So it's going to be. Uh, I was less talking expensive. about Byron Jones. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. No. I, I think that's probably. I think that's probably right. So, but then and then the other thing that jumped out is that what three of Shields' top nine are Dallas Cowboys. So. If you're talking about like like what's the epicenter of free agency this year, I think Dallas. I, I think eyes are on Dallas because if you lose two of those guys, you know, if 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 you tag if if you don't 
reach a deal with Prescott before the tag, and you tag him, um, and the other two are exposed to the market, and the other two being Amari Cooper and Byron Jones, uh, that's, that's a big pivot point for that roster. I would be shocked if it's any scenario other than Prescott and Cooper stay and Byron Jones leaves. I think I agree uh, with I that. agree. I agree. So. But yeah, I did. Uh, I, I didn't count up all the guy, you know, how many guys from each team until the end. And uh, you know, the, I feel like I probably, I don't know, maybe I overvalued Eagles guys because I had them with six in the top one hundred, and that was tied, I think, with four other teams, including the Cowboys. So, I, what did you think of the Eagles guys that I had on here? W- were there any that you looked at and said, "Yeah, that guy probably shouldn't be on there"? The names were Jalen Mills, uh, Ronald Darby, Rodney McLeod. Jason Peters, Halapulavati Vitae, and Nelson Aguilar. I don't think, uh, I think all of those guys belong in the top 100. And okay. uh, as I tweeted, I was hoping to have, uh, you know, a lot more gripes with your ordering than, than I ended up having. But I will say, I do think that Jalen Mills is better than Ronald Darby. But and I think, think he will get, and I think he will get a better contract. Oh, you think the market thinks that? I disagree. I'll put a pastafisios on that. Okay. I mean, we saw what Ronald Darby's market was last year. Yeah, six coming and a half. off a torn ACL. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, I'll do a pastafisios on uh, what are we doing on average annual value or most yeah. guaranteed money. Well, it gets tricky because I I think Jalen Mills. I when I was looking at it, I wondered if he could just sign a one year deal and return to the Eagles. Um, that wouldn't be crazy. So uh, I feel like I guess we got to do annual. I don't know what's what's a good formula to do. I feel like guaranteed money is probably guaranteed. Okay, all right. Who will get more guaranteed? All right, I'll take yeah. a Darby. All right, I'll take Mills. Okay, well, I'm going to be eating well this year. <laughs> once Jason Peters is gone, once uh, Darby gets a better deal than Mills, I'm going to be eating pasta every week. What was week. the Peters one? You get one, and if he comes back, you give us. <laughs> we get one a week. Is that what it was? <laughs> yeah, which seems like I, uh, you you guys did get the better end of that deal. I, I don't. I don't think. I, I think I should have adjusted those you're, odds a little. You're bit. sweating a little bit. Uh, I'm not sweating, but looking at it, I mean, sixteen to one. That's clearly not the uh, you know not the correct odds. But anyway, I'll stick. You, with you it. had. I mean, you had Darby up pretty high, all things considered. The second 60, rank, people. sixty-two, I believe. One well, spot I, ahead of Bashan well, listen, Freeland. I've I've been the president of the Darby is not very good. Yeah, uh, fan club for you years. Had him, you had him ahead of my boy Shaq Lawson. Okay, uh, I think your boy uh, Shaq Lawson, uh, his I did not love his uh, yeah. fill when I was watching all of his sacks and quarterback hits. There were a lot of cheapies in there. Okay. I felt, um, and you know, yeah, it's Darby, tough to argue when you it's tough to argue when you play the on film card. Well, I mean, I listen. I wasn't breaking down four <laughs> of his games. The film shows, yeah, yeah. But I, I actually had Darby lower, and then I looked at it, and I was looking at some of the corners ahead of him. Like, I don't know, is Bashad Breland going to get like a much better mm-hmm. contract than Ronald Darby? I don't think so. I, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know. answer to that. I don't know. We'll see. So, what I liked about the Eagles' rankings is the the understanding of. Halapulavati Vitae's market and uh, and Bo and I are kind of on the same wavelength here. I I, I believe uh, he was your highest ranked Eagle. He was ranked above Jason Peters, and uh, and I I think that's appropriate given what I expect the market to suggest about both players. Um, so there you know that you you do have uh, competitors in these top hundred rankings, and I did look at one of your competitors uh, and. 
that list had Jason Peters in the top 40 and did not have Vitae on it. Uh, so I I thought the the Vitae ranking you're going to uh, look pretty good come mid March. I'm I'm interested if I am going to look good or look stupid with that one. Yeah, I feel I like I, I agree with you, and I and I I would have probably ranked him similar. And it, by the way, it's also telling that even though the Eagles have like tied for the most guys on here, none of them are in the top fifty. But yes, that's a uh, good point. But. Like I wonder, I wonder if we're all reading the Vitae thing wrong. Like, what if, what if the Eagles have been trying to trade him all this yeah, time and they got be. no nibbles? And like, what if the the league doesn't view him as a starting caliber, like you know, left or right tackle? Like, I, that's possible. It's it's entirely possible. So we will uh, we will see. I mean, if if this were coming off the super, you know, it's weird. If it were coming off the Super Bowl year, then he would, you know, he would be really high. But like since then, you know, I, I think he probably gets screwed by having to come into all these games midway mm-hmm. and give and he looks terrible on some of these snaps. Like if a team just looked, I think, at the at the games he started, I think you would probably like him a lot better than the games where he kind of had to just come in. But yeah, Peters is I mean, Peters and Andrew Whitworth, those are I mean. 38, like I'm looking at the age of these guys and some of them I'm dinging for being like 30, 31. Right. And then you get to 38 and it's like, come on. I mean, what could you really be expecting from this guy at this stage in his uh, career? So yeah, I am, I, yeah, I will be watching Vitae's market um, uh, with special attention. If, if you are a GM and you want an offensive tackle here, whether it's a, le- a left one or a right one, I think DJ Humphreys is is the better player, the better athlete. But how much better do you think Humphreys is than Vitae? You know, if 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 you're looking at, at how to allocate your uh, resources, do you are you paying big money to Humphreys relative to Vitae? Yeah, Humphreys has not been great. I mean, he really lucked out by having it. It, it really you know sucks for some of these guys when you become a free agent. I mean, he you know he stayed healthy last year. And so now it, it looks a lot better, but like there's no real metric that says he's a, you know, as like this high ceiling. I know he was a former first round pick, but I mean, he's had uh, injury issues. He's had a lot of penalties. He hasn't played great. Last year was the first time he started all 16 games. So yeah, that one has written all over it, like probably an overpay that's not going to work out by a team that really needs a left tackle. And then we spoke in the last podcast about Trey Waynes for the Eagles. What are your thoughts on Mackenzie Alexander, the other Vikings free agent cornerback? Well, I saw he, you had him. I saw you had him in your uh, your your list today. Uh, your your thoughts today, Zach. I, what, he's a he's a slot corner. What is what make what sense does he well, make for the Eagles? According to Shield, he's someone who uh, will look to play on the outside next season. Yeah, I mean, I think Wasn't he, that what the write up said. Yeah, he has yeah. been a slot corner. Yeah. I don't, I don't know that he views himself as a <laughs> slot corner, but there is definitely a projection there where if you're a team looking at it, um, you know, you have to kind of make that decision. I mean, it sounds like he wanted a chance to play on the outside or would have liked to play that role more. Uh, 5'10", 192. I can't remember when he came out. I don't remember people saying he's exclusively a slot corner. Then again, no, he was not at Clemson. He was not. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, Mike Zimmer is a, you know, a pretty smart coach. So uh, he thought that was his best role. So he's a smart defensive coach. Yeah. Smart defensive coach. All right. Well, that's 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 my objection. Yeah. Yeah, they also had Rhodes and Waynes there, so yeah, there wasn't necessarily the the opening for and Sandejo. That's true. 
So we'll see. And then they drafted Hughes. Yeah. So I I was just looking. I I would have mentioned Trey Wayne's there, um, but I was looking for people in the top in the bottom mm. fifty. So you're looking at at that point Kevin Johnson, Mackenzie Alexander. Uh, so. Yeah. So, are there any guys on the? Uh, are there any guys you sort of like fell for a little bit, Shiel? That like you think are sort of your guy? Uh, well, I mentioned my boy Brashad Perriman before. Uh, let me see here. Why don't I stick? You know who's not my guy? Who I think is like one of the most overrated guys on here is Leonard Williams. Yeah, I totally mean, agree. You look at this guy's numbers. Talk about one of like the least productive. I yeah, mean, the I guy like doesn't get to the quarterback at all. Like, if he were a you know a sixth round pick. I don't even know. I mean, he would have been in like the 80s maybe. Um, so let me see here. I'm scrolling through here. So were you just – you were your your goal was to just go for like who's valued the highest, not your no, – No, I, I it, it really – I feel like I need to workshop this for next year because okay. I tried to factor in positional value, age. Mm-hmm. As you should. Produ- production who do i like what are they going to get on the open market but it's hard to like you know it's just as i I went in the comments and it's like you know if you're a team that needs an edge rusher then you're going to view the the edge rusher is going to be above the cornerback you know what i mean so it's just like it's so hard to come up with um you know uh, kind of a a ranking like next year maybe i should just do uh, ranking them by what guaranteed money i think they're going to get or you know i I don't know what the right way is to do it but i think the amalgamation is probably right mix it all up together okay all right so let me look i think you did a good job uh, let me look through here. A guy I like now, is this for the Eagles or just like in general? Eh, just you. Let's right, get the uh, Shield scouting uh, report. J- Justin Simmons I watched and I have not yeah. had. And he he's really good. He reminded me a little bit of like a young Malcolm Jenkins. Like he was doing everything for them. Uh, had a nice physical, you know, nice physicality to his game. Is supposed to be a really high character guy. Uh, so I liked him quite a bit. Uh, Corey Littleton has been very productive. For the Rams, like if you look at his numbers compared to a lot of the uh, other off-ball linebackers, he stacks up very favorably, can do a lot of different things, has been uh, very durable. So I liked him. Uh, let's see. I'm not a big Dante Fowler guy. I think I, Bud, Dupree, Bud Dupree I wanted to like, and I watched him. He's sort of like a – he reminded me of almost a Connor Barwinish. like, all right, this guy okay. can do a lot of things. But, like, if you're looking for a guy to bring edge pass rush, like, I don't even think he'll be uh, – he wouldn't be – if I were a 4-3 team, he wouldn't even be on my radar as a guy who can do that. Like, you need to play him in a lot of uh, different roles. Uh, I would say I'm lower than consensus on Robbie Anderson. I did not uh, love his game. Let me see here. I know I'm just kind of scrolling How do you feel through. about Kendall Fuller? Uh, I didn't watch a lot of him, but uh, like he played fewer than 50% of their snaps yeah. and was like a slot guy. So I think he's getting overvalued probably because the Chiefs, you know, won the Super Bowl. I mean, he had a good, he did have a good Super Bowl. He made two really nice plays, but yes. Yeah. So, but it depends how you view him. Like, are yeah. you going to be pay him as a top slot corner, which would be around 9 million? Or are you going to pay There's him so as so many a, slot corners? Yeah. Like Chris Harris Jr. I think is getting overrated. I mean, 30 a 31 year old guy who's best suited for the slot i mean and how, his, how, i believe i believe he said at the end of the year he wants to go back to playing the slot well yeah i think he played the outside last he, year he, and did and not do will, a great job right exactly yeah and that's with uh vic fangio so that would make me a right. little bit uh nervous yeah i, I like jason pierre paul's in that group of mm. veteran pass rushers if, so you're good. A te- if you're a team that just needs a guy maybe one or two years 
I mean, you know, he had that injury and only played, um, I think it was 10 games last year, and he had eight and a half sacks. He's yeah. got he's got 21 sacks the last two years. So uh, I liked him. Joe Schobert is an interesting name, I think, for the Eagles. I think so, if, too. If they wanted to pay a off-ball linebacker, he's a guy with the Browns who uh, is, a, is very good in coverage. He's a guy to maybe keep an eye on. Scrolling through here. Don't like a Blake Martinez. Uh, mm. Ben Fennell did a nice film breakdown, which basically, you know, poo-pooed all of his statistical production. Um, okay. So I was like, all right, look at that one with a grain of salt. Logan Ryan we talked about last time. Perriman we talked about last time. Did you look at, he didn't make your list, did you look at Nick Vigil? I did not look at him, no. Bengals linebacker? I think he's like a coverage-only guy. Okay. Maybe a guy I should uh, I should take a look at here. I think most of these guys we already talked about as I scroll through. Mm. Devondre Campbell could be interesting for the Eagles. Mm. Uh, Mark, you know, man, we, we said Mark Emanuel uh, coached him in Atlanta. Off-ball linebacker, you're not going to have to break the bank for him. Uh, Derek Wolf, if you want, like you mentioned, a rotational pass rusher. Uh, I think he could be in the mix there. Reunite him with Malik Jackson. Oh, there you go. Um, so yeah, I think those are. I don't. I don't like. I don't like a Demarcus. I want to watch the receivers. I was going to say that was yeah, that my I, last question. Yeah, I want to watch the receivers like four games every snap type deal. I think I'm going to do that uh, hopefully before free agency and come up with a you know really more informed opinion but what i watched of him i was really not that impressed uh he had one great route i remember but other than that it was just like all right patrick mahomes is doing great things they're scheming him open he's wide open against zone coverage uh not great with the ball in his hands uh so i think he's probably going to be a guy who ends up being overrated you've got him behind randall cobb nelson Aguilar, and devin funches in a row so oh interesting that, yeah there were a lot, a lot of not great wide receivers that yeah. i just stuck in the Bottom 10. Last question. Uh, actually, no, two questions. Uh, one was to address the criticism that you have uh, Philip Rivers too high at number four. Is that from you? No, that's I saw that on Twitter. Oh, <laughs> oh geez. Who was that? <laughs> did, they, did they not at me or were these just I think, no, you were at it, I think, yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I think he's going to get yeah. a – he's going to get a contract – in the neighborhood of what Tom Brady gets next year. I don't think there's a lot of evidence that Brady was a lot better than him. I mean, Rivers turned the ball over a lot last year, but in 2018, he had 32 touchdowns and 12 interceptions and had a really good year. So Mm. um, are you betting on the exception when a guy's 38? Yes, but if you have a really good offensive line, I mean, he's so smart before the snap. He knows when to get rid of the football. He just takes like a, you know, a pounding in the pocket and just gets back up. Time after time, so I'm not like bullish on him. But if you're gonna shop in the veteran quarterback market and you have a good offensive line, you know I, I think there's just a good, as good of a chance that he has a bounce back year next year as there would be for someone like Tom Brady. And then finally, uh, the question posed in the comments: How strongly did you consider putting Jermaine Fetty at 31? Yeah, that would have been pretty good, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't do an ode to Bill, Bill Polian in there. Mm, alas, okay. Take the wheels, Zach. Bo. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was curious. You had a whole line of questions, Bo. Oh, I don't know if you wanted sorry, to I keep rolling uh, there. You're allowed to ask questions when I'm hosting the show. <laughs> I'll I'll tell you a question that you should ask coming up soon is, "What's for dinner?" And if you do do that. 
what I would suggest is a little bit of DoorDash, you know? Valentine's Day is approaching. You forgot to make reservations. Don't settle for the last table available at some restaurant you don't really like. Treat your date to delivery with DoorDash at home, you know? Maybe break out a bottle of vino, you know, so you get cozy and may make the food come to you a little bit because that's what you get with DoorDash. It brings all of America's flavors to your door. Ordering is easy. You open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. It's not just pizza anymore with DoorDash. There are over 310,000 restaurant partners in 4,000 cities, so you might find a new favorite too. And right now, just in time for Valentine's Day, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter code BIRDS. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code BIRDS. Don't forget, that's code BIRDS for $5 off your first order with DoorDash. Well done. So if you are watching DoorDash, or I'm sorry, if, you're, if you order DoorDash and you want to watch something and you want to watch All or Nothing, Listen now, because we are going to break it down. There will be spoilers if you hadn't watched it yet, but uh, you can also go onto The Athletic for the companion guides for the first two episodes Shield did, the next two episodes Bo did, two episodes thereafter I did, and then Bo and I combined for the final two episodes. Uh, so let's let's start at the top here. General thoughts on All or Nothing. Yeah, so so just to be clear, Zeber, we're doing all or nothing from now till the end, right? So if anybody has not watched it yet, wants to save this bad boy for later, then they can, uh, you know, to avoid spoilers, they can stop listening now. They're not going to miss anything else. It's going to be all or nothing the rest of the way, correct? But but also like, correct. What spoilers okay. are there going to be? You've seen that you followed the season. It's well, not I like, don't know. You know. Okay, you're the one who like when someone even offers an opinion on that's a movie, true. you're yeah, like, no, stop, whatever. So maybe they want to you know you want to watch it on your own and then listen at the end i i do that when uh you know people talk about um tv programming that i haven't watched but i'm gonna watch i uh, hit the pause button come back to it later that's fine okay they're gonna miss uh, the second ad that has to come later in the episode but that's fine well all right fast forward well you can t- fast forward to the ad yeah, you, yeah. T- here's what you do when we tweet out the episode you tweet when the ad is coming up <laughs> and that way they can listen to it our advertisers will be happy yeah, it's a roman ad you guys the guys the people want to listen to the roman ads you know there, there you Especially go with both delivering it so mm. i know that's right um uh, General thoughts? Uh, I'm anxious to hear your guys' general thoughts because you were there every day. My thoughts were, you know, I've watched every one of these All or Nothings and Hard Knocks. I'm a sucker for this kind of content. And uh, I thought this was, you know, one of the worst ones, if I'm being... (laughs) The worst one. (laughs) The The worst worst one, one, I love it. Declarative uh, Um, Yeah, I just thought it didn't have a lot of juice. I mean, there were some moments and some scenes that I liked that were fun. But in general, it was not overly compelling. I I was thinking, you know, the Panthers did this last year, right? They were the last one. Yes, correct. Um, And in that one, like I remember specific scenes where they're in the meeting rooms with Cam Newton and Luke Keekley, And, you know, they're eating lunch and they're joking around. And like that part is really fun to me or a guy just watching film and like, you know, commentary there. This one, I don't think there was a single scene of of a positional meeting room other than, you know, no, it's just the big auditorium and or I'm a coaches right about meeting. That. It's insane. Or a coaches meeting. Yeah, there was 
because no coaches. Someone asked, "Is this the is this the least a coach has been featured in one of these yes. shows?" And I think the answer is absolutely yes. So um, you know there are challenges with certainly the access and all that. Uh, I think NFL Films does a great job with you know in the production team when they get what they're looking for with these shows, and I, it just seems like they were handcuffed in this situation. Yeah, I think this I is a. I think this is a. Uh, this is an. An. It's not on the production team that this season was so underwhelming. It's Correct. on the Eagles for being so guarded about what they will not allow to be shown. Paranoid. Yeah, I, might say. Yeah. I was. I was disappointed. Uh, I and, and and part of that was because I was so excited for this, having covered the team now uh, for seven seasons. Or eight seasons. Yeah, I rather. mean, like, did you, um, did you, Zach, as an encyclopedic, like, uh, fan of every little bit of minutia that goes on during the course of the season? Did you learn anything? Well, no, and, and that was my, <laughs> that was my issue with it. Was now, I, I thought I, I'll, I'll give NFL Films credit. I, I thought they did a good job humanizing these guys, uh, and they did take us sometimes to places where we're not. Um, you know, you're in the box when Howie Roseman's watching uh, one of the ga- the uh, Seahawks game, but it was sure, very he, benign. He shares what, that little uh, that little fist pound with Don Spilensky. Yeah, that was ex- exactly. Game. But it was very benign what they were willing to show. Interesting. And, and, interesting is one way to describe it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, well, and that's really, one of the like <laughs> like the top ten things I learned from the from this season is that uh, Jeffrey Lurie calls Bradley Cooper Coop. Yeah, it's just there was there was so much that I wanted to find out because we do our best, but you know there are times when the doors are closed, and and as much as we ask questions, having a camera in the room changes everything, and and you want to see what it's like, and so I I was really disappointed that we did not get behind the scenes as much as we did, and I understand. You're crafting a television program and you're telling – or I shouldn't even call it a television program. You're crafting a, an entertainment program and you're creating a narrative. Uh, but I do think there was far too much talk radio and far too much importance placed on kind of the the week-to-week emotions of the, of, of the media – or even of, of kind of the talk radio opinions. I, I don't think that has as significant of an effect on what goes on during the season as the show made it out the scene. Yeah, yeah and I, mean, I think and I and I think that was uh, they they took it in that direction because they didn't have a, a ton of great access. So they they sort of made it about like you know. Philadelphia sports fans and like even like you know they had that that Q&A with Dave Spadaro uh and like and Carson Wentz and Miles Sanders about like and Brandon Graham do you listen to sports radio like who cares it's not it doesn't matter but anyway yeah I think that was uh that was the number one complaint from my friends and uh other people who watch the show where you know and we you know we are uh friendly with wip we do uh hits on there it's it's not their fault like you know it no, just of course you know, not. the great it's, publicity for them yeah it's Fantastic. great it look great for them yeah, yeah it yeah. just it just seemed like uh, a situation where you know the production team was like we're getting nothing from this where do we pivot to and it ended up you know it was really the the brandon graham and wip show with some other stuff uh mixed in this is sort of um how it felt 
And uh, and I I know he's he's listening. Elliot Shore Parks, a friend of mine, a friend of ours, uh, who who does a good job. But because Elliot declares a game is the biggest game of Carson's <laughs> career, does not necessarily make that the story of the week. Like it was like they would have Elliot saying it, and then it was like panning the Carson, like the 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 uh, the specter of playing under this pressure of the. <laughs> And, right. Uh, yeah. So I, 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 uh, I, I did think it, it was um, there was a little too much of that. But as well, what we a said, deal I for John thought... Hamm that he's he gets paid as the narrator, but barely has to be the narrator because they use so much <laughs> yes. sports radio. I, yeah. And no, I was no, going to say. Go on, I, I was just going to say I am uh, like so tired of the. And this isn't this isn't just the show. Like the team, I feel like talks about this all the time. This whole like. Boy, it's different playing in Philadelphia. It's so hard to play in Philadelphia. Like, all right, fine. There, there's definitely some like there could be. There's some truth to that, but like, it's it's. It, I don't know. I don't know. It was just from having heard it for over thirty years. It's like, listen. It's not. Uh, you know. It's not like the worst thing or the hardest thing in all of professional sports to be an athlete in Philadelphia. Agreed. Agreed, and and it's it's pretty simple. Is is that when you lose, fans are frustrated, but shouldn't players be frustrated too? Number one, and when you win, fans love you. Uh, but but there's so many things to worry about during a football week that I can't imagine. Um, like it matters so much what they're saying on talk radio. It. it in my opinion, yeah. So we got, anyway, we, but, got, we got nothing about you know them game planning or exactly. A, a key it's crazy. Decision. They had a whole season. There's not a single team meeting or position meeting. It's nuts. Was not there team meeting, like coaches a, meeting? Yeah. I mean, the biggest interaction between Doug Peter, like they couldn't have gotten in one of those Doug Peterson Carson Wentz meetings, you know, where it's just the two of them. Well, talking we don't even know to, that they have those anymore. Right. I mean, I mean, the biggest Doug Peterson Carson Wentz. Uh, communication. I think there was the one time where Wentz said, "Like, give me some for a fist pound after a touchdown on the sideline." I don't even yeah, remember. Yeah, or they talking. shared they shared a little moment after uh, the after they won the division. Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So okay, yeah, and and there were just there were different things that happened over the course of the year that we know occurred. Uh, that they, it's not even us speculating whether it's something that's that reflects well on the team, like uh, Jason Kelsey gave what was considered an emotional speech before the first Giants game. Um, I, I believe Doug mm-hmm. Peterson uh, said it made him a, it made him cry or, or, or it brought him to tears when he heard the speech. Uh, like, bring us behind the curtain there. The, well, we got the Cortez the of, burn the ships. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which I, I, I thought that um, – yeah, I, th- I I thought that was good to see the the way it was described to me was a little more dramatic though mm. than, than how it, it came out. But I yeah, thought it was pretty good actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I I read your story and then you had watched it before me and said it didn't quite match up, but I watched it. I thought I thought I actually thought it was pretty good. Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> uh, that, I, I, believe, I think the last episode was the best episode. But anyway, yeah. go ahead. now what do you guys think of the Sean speech? Well, now are we doing your your? Do you have a game for this, Zach, or are we just talking about? Oh yeah. No. Well, all right. So before we get to that, away. Zach, I have a question. Um, if you were to yes. guess, on average, how many days people in the U.S. have to wait to see a doctor? What would you say? A week, maybe. 
Maybe, yeah. Well, actually, uh, no, um, yeah, yeah, maybe longer than that. On average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. That's a month. That's a whole leap February. If you're dealing with a condition like, I don't know, erectile dysfunction, you want treatment as soon as possible, especially with Valentine's Day coming up. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor licensed in your state, all from the comfort of home. Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab your phone or computer, complete a free online visit, and you'll hear back from a U.S. licensed physician within 24 hours. And if the doctor decides that treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to adjust your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. So if you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com birds for a free online visit and to free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com birds for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. So th- there were a few different directions that I was brainstorming going here. Uh, I I I was going to do almost like an Oscars theme where we hand out awards back for off. this. Back but, off. But then I realized we have the Ospreys next week, and I thought that would be stepping on Bo's. Uh, yeah, I'd have to unplug and, and walk out. Yes. So we're not doing that. By the way, ne- as you said, I, next week uh, we're not able to do it this week because I have jury duty tomorrow. Very excited correct. about that. <laughs> um and and so then I was I was I was thinking do we do like a, a rotten tomatoes grade although it, it sounds like all of us uh were underwhelmed by it. I so mean I I'm, I would say that if you're an e- sorry to interrupt It's you. still worth uh, watching. Yeah, no, yeah. Yes, that's what I was going to say. I mean yes. if you're an Eagles fan uh you you'll probably enjoy watching it. I was wondering if we were being too hard on it, but you know my friends who are Eagles fans they kind of felt the same way that they were disappointed. It's a, but. It's a good like reliving of the season. It's, yes, uh, you're not you're not learning anything new. It's probably more for the casual football fan than it is for the diehard Eagles fan. But you know, like the the Cowboys game is a fun rewatch. Like the 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 one they win in in Week 16. That's a fun rewatch. It's a, like it's an emotional. The music is great. You you, you know you get really get into it. Music uh, and, very good throughout. Music very good throughout, yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's worth watching this fun stuff. The the uh, I'm sure we'll get to this in your thing, but like the scene at the end of the playoff yeah, game with, it, Ma- with it, McCown, with McCown, whoa, 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 you know, it's all good it, stuff. Save it, save it, save it. Come on, it's worth watching, but it's right. it's underwhelming. All right. all right, yeah. So uh, so and I'll actually give a a quick spiel here too that that I I did like a lot of it in the sense of anything that takes you behind the scenes. I think they did a good job humanizing. Um, some of the players in in particular, Brandon Graham, will get to that. I I like anytime you have on field audio, uh, and you so you saw it throughout the year and mic'd up, but there was more of it here, and I I like those scenes. I like sideline interactions. Uh, so if you kind of truncated to that component of it, really enjoyed it. Uh, my disappointment or the fact that I was underwhelmed is is more based on the expectations I had for it than the final product that was out there if that makes sense there you go yeah I think that's right so I have I have 10 people here and this is not exhaustive okay because there are other players or, or people who are featured that we won't get to but 10 people here who 
were represented in some way in the show. Uh, and I'm curious what your opinion is of 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 a their performance and b if overall if you look at them differently based on what you saw in those kind of unfiltered moments. Uh, so first being Brandon Graham, who I think we can agree was the star of the show. Well, I mean, I would say I his daughter that, was the star of the show. Yeah, I would say Brandon. Like, uh, I don't know if they do usage rate for uh, <laughs> all or nothing, but man, he yeah, he would have beaten like James Harden because he was just. Well, if this <laughs> was if this was uh, Oscar nominated, he would be the one. He would be the lead actor. I think that's right. There's no doubt. Uh, I would say. Uh, you know, mostly he was what I expected, but I would say I even uh, kind of liked him more uh, having watched this. You know, it's one thing to talk to the media a certain way, but I just thought his uh, overwhelming optimism in every situation, you know, right after a loss, uh, when they're down in a game, the kind of the messaging he's giving to teammates, uh, you know, you kind of see the leadership skills really stand out there and um you know we all know he he's had a fun personality uh certainly for a long time i think one of my favorite moments of his was when wentz had that great pass against washington that touchdown pass um you know in the corner that was like one hit uh and he and Graham is on the sidelines and he just goes that was uh an effing dart b uh, that you know, I'm censoring it, but you know, like he, I thought it was a very, it was a very well delivered line where he said it and paused and then just had to yell uh, at the end. And then when he was going after Lyle Collins, I yeah, thought that was fantastic. Was fun. Yeah, Call, calling him cupcake and cheesesteak or whatever. It I know was. you had so, a cheesesteak uh, up in this mother effer. Yeah, so I thought uh, Graham came across very well. Yeah, I would say my opinion of Graham uh, grew as well. And I on the leadership front, like. You know, he's not technically a captain, but I think like there's the moment in the Vikings game when he is, uh, you know, holding Malcolm Jenkins accountable for Jenkins mistakes. And I think that's uh, that is a little bit of a good peek behind the curtain. And and I, I think I think we actually did learn a little bit there. I think Brandon Graham's weight or voice carries a little bit of, of weight. Uh, and then also, I mean, listen, the guy's he's doing a good job folding baby laundry. Like it seems like he's uh, he's he's really pulling his pulling his weight at home. I like that. I thought that was interesting, though. The uh, do you fold on a table? I I never have folded on a table. Yeah, I'm a fold on the floor guy, or on a yeah. bed. Fold on a bed sometimes. Yes, hundred percent. I'm usually in the uh, seated in the blue recliner, and I am folding while watching something and doing different uh, sort of groupings on the floor. So I thought that was a pretty interesting technique there. There were a couple funny uh, Graham things where it, I think it was, it was either Thanksgiving or Christmas or. Uh, and then also when he was talking to his wife where it's like, uh, okay, we're all together. And then someone comes up and is like, so what's the deal with this Eagle season? Like, yes, exactly. like the yeah. very, yes. the very staged <laughs> conversation. But anyway, I, I, yeah. So I, I, I was curious. Do you think that was staged? Like, like there was one during the bye week when, uh, when like it's his I think aunt it was his or something. Aunt, he was yeah. up in Detroit. Yeah. And asked him about the Sean Jackson and how they're going to replace the Sean. Like is, is that staged or is it literally like us where, you know, anywhere we go and they find out what we do or they know us. Um, it's like, so what's going to happen with the Sean? I thought it was a, I thought it was a relative thinking, how can I get into, I got to make sure I'm in, the, I'm in this scene, which, which more power to him. You know, I yeah. might've done the, done the same thing, but it, think about it. If you're one of his uh, relatives and you see the cameras and you want to get in a scene, uh, you, you listen, you got to do something interesting or you got to talk about football to make sure you're in there. So, 
It did seem so a little unnatural. Yeah. Uh, Malcolm Jenkins. You want to take uh, this one I would first, say, Paul? Sure. I would say that I, 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 my opinion of Malcolm Jenkins didn't change for the good or bad in, in this. Uh, I, I feel like I didn't learn much about Malcolm Jenkins and some of the stuff we saw we've already, we've already seen, sort of. I think that's true. The one thing I really did like was that Vikings game, as soon as the touchdown was given up, uh, he looked right at Rasul Douglas and, go, yeah. and is, is going, that's on me, that's on me. And, um, you know, they've had so many busted coverages or they had so many last year where somebody screwed up. And I do think one, and I like that interaction a lot because Douglas like came up right to him and like, you know, gave him a hug or whatever, patted him on the helmet. And it was just like, you know, when you're a corner in that situation, you see it all around the league where a guy, you know, they want to make sure that everybody knows it's not their fault and they throw their hands up. So maybe, I don't know, maybe that actually reflects better on Douglas because he didn't make a big show of saying, what did you do? And um, I think, I don't know, that that's a good sign for a guy to be taking accountability and another guy not to be, you know, waving his hands in the air so everyone knows it wasn't his fault. And I think you saw how, how much he... I, I mean, I think they all care, but but just like how how much he cares throughout the game. At the end of the game, um, you see the scene at the, at the at the end of the Dolphins game where he throws his helmet. Yeah, just like the the, the visible frustration. Like he he wears this job on him. And by the way, how disappointing was the whole Scandrick thing? Like. Agreed. They, they build Scandrick up as if he's like a real important part of the team. And like, there's a very there's a, a line that John Hamm said that made me laugh. He's like, you know, uh, while while Philadelphia is very surprised at the release of Orlando Scandrick, like no one was surprised by that. Uh, but then, like for that for that day of drama, it was such a letdown. There was no like uh, like locker room scene of watching his comments or like news spreading. It was really disappointing. He's up on him, all right? He's just reading what they put out <laughs> yeah, in, in front of him. I well, mean, it was Tim- funny because I was thinking of it in context of like, oh, Philadelphia <laughs> is like so surprised that Orlando Skandrick's there. And then like later in the season, we see like Jordan Matthews in the background and Jay Ajayi in the background at one point. Like, oh, yeah, those guys are on the team too. Yeah. And Lewis, uh, who, uh, <laughs> yeah, Lewis. Who, who you mentioned, he, he finished I, the season with the Dolphins. Yeah. yeah. The kid from Pittsburgh. Yep. Yeah, Ryan Lewis. Uh, yep. Uh, Carson Wentz, what'd you guys think? Bo? Uh, I guess I learned a little. I, I think, actually, I think I I would go uh, stock up on Carson Wentz. Really? I, well, like, based on what I thought coming in, because I thought he was a little bit more um, natural interacting with teammates on this than I have seen him be in mic'd ups. Huh. I would say I think authentic. I think, you know, I, I, I think he is who he is. Uh, I think you really, you know, for a show like this, he's not the ideal quarterback. No. I mean, there was very little on him. He's certainly not dripping with personality. Uh, you, know, <laughs> the, I, you know, I mean, maybe he might not just, maybe he doesn't want to show it with the cameras on or whatever. But uh, yeah, I thought he was authentic. I think his leadership, I think you kind of see his leadership style is interesting. You know, I don't think he's like, um, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, I, I think teammates like him. I think he gets along well with them. He's not going to be all rah-rah. I don't think he's going to be interacting with every one of them. You know, there, there were some uh, interactions in there. But uh, I just thought, like, he, he's not made for a, a season-long mm. 
He's not made to be the primary character in a season-long thing like this. You know? I mean, what a layup it would have been to just have like you know one scene of him in a in a in a you know watching film and being like, oh, like they do this, you know, look at this, and then like it leads to a big play in the game. Like that's such a that's such an easy thing to pull off. What about the uh, when did when did he find out he was having a like yeah baby? I was about to say that yeah I was, yeah. I was about to they say that. It, was, that it was during the season. And, and and even if you don't show it like like the moment I yeah I, I would no hope anecdotally... that they don't show the moment. <laughs> no, but like I I, I <laughs> that's not what I meant. I, I meant the moment he finds out that she's pregnant. Okay, uh, um, that's a different show entirely. Uh, <laughs> and a big but, bed. Uh, <laughs> that's i mean that's that's really all or nothing that's as far as i'm concerned but no i i I can speak anecdotally when i found out my wife was pregnant the first time that was during the season uh and and that's like um that's a big component of of like your life you know when you find that out and and uh you know, I'm sure it, it's affecting you one way or the other throughout the year. I don't well, know. Right. They, they, so, it's I weird disagree. that they didn't even. But you've got you've got the rest of your life to spend with them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's weird that they didn't even show the like the press conference when he when he uh, talks about it. You like, just want your question. You just wanted your question in there. No, I, but that's <laughs> I forgot that, that I actually forgot that that was my question. But yes. it's weird that like in the in the like uh, so desperately searching for narratives that they didn't add that in, but. So speaking of a quarterback who would have been a perfect starter for all or nothing. Oh wait, hold on. I, uh, Josh, I, hold on. Sorry, I, oh, yeah. I feel like I've interrupted you a million times. I apologize. But no problem. Uh, last thing on Wentz was he? Did you feel like he was emotional after that Giants win when Peterson gave that speech? Do you know the scene I'm talking about? Oh yes, yes. yes. It, it did seem. Oh, definitely. Seem like he, definitely. Okay, well, I wasn't sure. Yes, you thought he was just like had some gas, and that's why he no, was no, bent no, over no, for no. so I, long. I mean, emotional. Like, okay, I don't know that what you uh. do when you have gas. That's kind of weird, but <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, I wasn't <laughs> sure. You see him bending over the media room. I don't know what it was like for Zach sitting behind you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, do you think? <laughs> <laughs> like i do you think they were like w- was were there tears i mean uh, i don't know it's always weird when you say like emotional but yeah he was he was having like a real moment there right i mean when they i think so okay all right i agree yeah i also like by the way on on wednesday i, I, I like the scene <laughs> uh when he was preparing for uh it, it was I, I think it was the I, th- I think it was the Cowboys game, and he was asking for something. Uh, he was asking Press Taylor to uh, text him to pack something real warm. Yeah, oh, yeah. And and Josh McCown asked him like, "Haven't you played in this before?" And he was like, uh, "No." He was like, "I've been hurt the past two December." Yeah, that was you know? interesting. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a, a real moment, you know, yes. because that's not like that's not what you see when he's on the podium. Yeah, when, you, when it's on the podium, it's yeah. like. You know the injuries are behind me, so on and so forth. Like, like clearly, it's it's something that that doesn't leave him. Yeah. So, so speaking of Josh McCown, now I had my transition before, but I, I just I just mentioned him again. Uh, he was a a big character in the show. What did you think of Josh McCown? I, I, I thought. 
Yeah, I thought he, I mean, I think this one was really interesting for me because I've never interviewed Josh McCown. I wasn't around the team like you guys were. And so I, you know, I read and I heard what people said, but I thought he was like one of the stars of the show. I mean, by the end, I'm like, carve out some type of role to keep this guy in the building. Like Carson Wentz needs him uh, really badly. I mean, every, his, his positivity, his enthusiasm, the juice, the energy he brought to practice the sideline it seemed like with every guy I mean there was the one where I think Carson Wentz like I don't know if he took a bad sack or uh I, f- I forget exactly what happened but it was a bad play and then he comes running to the sideline and McCown's like way to, way to protect the ball there or good ball protection there like he was even turning that like it was clearly a terrible moment he was right there focusing on the positive and uh you know I I think Carson Wentz I don't think he's like the he doesn't always show it, but I don't think like internally he's the most he's not totally even keel. You know, you could see the frustration during that Falcons game. Um, you know, I remember even in 2018, there was a moment where he was really frustrated. And so, uh, you know, he's not like a loose cannon or anything like that. But I, I don't know. I just felt like McCown had a tremendous uh, influence. And like if I were playing, if I were Wentz, like I would want that guy, you know, that would give me some comfort having that guy around a lot. Um, so uh, it made me think like the talk about him joining the coaching staff or whatever. Uh, I think he's got to decide what he wants to do in the future. But I would very much look into carving out some kind of role to keep him around. I think he can help Wentz and uh, not just Wentz. I mean, he was like, Doug, what do we got here? You know, or he's like, you know, he was like, pound the ball, Doug. Like he, He's not afraid to have his voice heard, um, you know, even when it's not asked for. And uh, I think he's got a good way about him where people are not like offended or like, what is this guy doing? So I really liked him. And then, of course, I thought maybe the best moment of the show was the uh, end of the playoff game where he goes through the tunnel and is just standing there by himself and the music is playing and he's just like a, an emotional wreck. Um, I thought that was a fan. That, that was, to me, probably the best moment of the show. I think that's right. Um, and I think I also like the, the back and forth with Doug when he's going in and Doug's like, you want to go tempo here? And, and, yes. and, and McCown's like, oh, give me like a one or two series, like one or two, like, uh, which was funny. And yeah, I, I think you learn a lot about like the, the influence that McCown had. The flip side to that, I think is like, is it great that Carson Wentz is in his fourth season and it feels like he sort of needs this cheerleader? Uh, I don't look at it totally like that. I mean, I, okay. I wouldn't look at it. That I don't think it. I don't. I don't. I'm not necessarily saying that in terms of McCown, but like as we look at who they're going to bring in as the backup quarterback, like the the thought process that it needs to be like an older guy who can impart some wisdom. Like, I don't know, Carson Wentz should be a veteran at this point. It should you shouldn't have to be worried about a guy who can like, uh, who can who can handhold him a little bit. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it's been a very unusual journey for Wentz when you look at his four years, the highs and the lows. And the frustrations and, you know, all those different types of things. Like if they didn't have that guy, I think Wentz would be perfectly fine. But I think when you have a young quarterback and um, I mean, some of them like, yeah, you're probably right. Some of them don't need it. Um, but uh, I don't know. Just get it's it seemed like something that uh, would fit well. well. Let's let's move on now to one of Carson's closest friends, Zach Ertz. How do you think Zach Ertz came through? Um, I think Ertz was about what I would have expected. I don't think I, I don't think we learned too much about Ertz. I liked the, you know, the, the burn the ship speech was interesting. 
Um, you know what the the ribs thing, like him him breaking his ribs against the Cowboys. That was yes. a, that was an interesting. Uh, they did scene. a good job showing that. They did a yeah, good, job, did a good showing job showing, it, showing it. I liked the Panunzio uh, line to him yes. when he came back. Like you're gonna like you know put something there, and he's like, I already did. Uh, but you know that would have been a fun one where, where, where we could have we could have seen what his week was like a little bit more, like going through that. True. But um, yeah. But to uh, to what she was saying earlier about Malcolm uh, taking kind of the, the 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 blame or the responsibility once. Uh, he let up that deep pass. You also saw Carson right away, like feel bad that he got hurt. Mm -hmm. Like, like he, he knew that was on him from the jump. Yeah. And there was another play like that with Wentz too. I I think it was, what was the game where he missed like two at the end? Uh, Was that the, was that the Seattle? No, was it? it? Was it the Seattle or New England game where he like missed a couple passes one he wasn't on they described it as not being on the same page with Hertz. you remember what i'm talking about mm-hmm. um, yes yeah uh he wentz took responsibility for that one right away oh yeah that was the i think it was the seattle game they yeah had, he just he just bounced that ball yeah yeah so i thought that was good too because it, and it's interesting too because public publicly after that game they just kept saying not on the same page but internally he took responsibility for it right away i would agree with Hertz. i think um I think we all know him, you know, not that we know him like inside and out, but we know him better than most of these guys just because he's been around for so long and his voice has become louder. And so I thought he came off, uh, came across well. I thought the speech was good. And uh, I, I don't know. You never know with the way it was edited and all that, but it did with the rib injury, man, it, yeah, it didn't seem like they were all over that. Like they should have been. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. He asked for that. He, he said, he's you like, need to he's check like those, uh, yeah. somebody needs to check out my ribs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was not a very, that was not a, a great uh, picture of the medical staff. <laughs> like No. And then, no. He, and yeah. then he went like, he went back in, like no one really knew what right. was going on. I was kind of like, what the yeah. hell's going on here? Yeah. But, he's like, uh, Hey guys, yeah. uh, my kidney. <laughs> Did anybody uh, see that hit? I just got like completely crushed there. I can barely breathe, but uh, maybe someone could take a look. Uh, and and then there was the scene when him and Press Taylor were talking after after the Bills game. It, it was when Ertz was was in a dry spell, and it was a big topic of, of, of conversation among reporters. But you could see then that was something that that the team was focused on too, because like Press says, we we didn't do a, a good job getting you the ball. Yes. And uh yeah, that that stood out to me and and Ertz initially was like frustrated and then he's like, you know, we just need to go on a winning streak here, that kind of thing. So I I th- I thought that was a candid conversation. I don't think that was for the microphones. Yeah, I agree. Uh so then the next one to Sean Jackson. Um what did you think of the Sean Jackson in this show? Um I don't think we saw enough. Uh, you know what? Uh, you know what? Okay. The thing uh, that stuck out with Deshaun was was just that first game. How excited the other players were to yes. uh, see Deshaun out there. Like the you know, as you pointed out, the or as Shield pointed out, the Lane Johnson. Like just it, it's not it's not that hard. Just keep throwing that little <laughs> asshole the ball. Or sorry, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like that's sorry, that's the funniest kids who are listening. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, the kids I haven't watched it yet, so they were avoiding spoilers. Hopefully, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah no, uh, no, I thought I thought the Deshaun Jackson scene with Nelson Aguilar. 
Uh, uh, I'll drink you. <laughs> Sorry, my, my son walked into the room. Uh, <laughs> oh, this is great! I heard the door and then Keep I heard in. the cute. I, I heard the cute voice and I, I hope didn't it know who's. Uh, what, what, what were the odds? And it was right great. after I cursed. It uh, very high. I, <laughs> he did I, not hear that. I, I heard the door open and then you dropped the the a hole. So good job. Oh, no. uh, yeah, nice, nice. Here, here, can you guys talk to each other for thirty seconds? <laughs> yeah, keep keep them on if you need to. I love that. Yeah, we want to hear from them. Voice. I thought it might be. Uh, I wasn't sure if it was uh, Casey or one of us. Uh, mm. Yeah, well, uh, I thought it was. I thought it was Leela. No, it would be. It could be Naya had been home uh, with that with just me because she had a half day. So there was the possibility of that happening. But uh, she, she's generally preoccupied with stuff that doesn't involve me. So uh, that the chances were low. Uh, Deshaun, that scene with Agalor uh, in the first or second show where they're like on the practice field oh, and. No. Oh, poor guy. <laughs> oh, geez, you can hear everything. <laughs> and, uh, and um, you know, they're talking. Yeah, he just got this. thrown out by his dad. Of course he's yeah, upset. Yeah, poor guy. He wants dad. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, but they're talking about who's faster. And Deshaun's just like, dude, it's not even close. You know, like compare. <laughs> he's like, compare my resume to yours. I was like, oh, okay. That's the moment Nelson Aguilar's confidence just got completely crushed all right guys keep talking for one second yeah keep talking i'm sorry and then i thought bo you i feel like you will enjoy this when deshaun was giving the speech uh you know before the cowboys game mm-hmm. and he was talking about the first cowboys game and how i guess peterson took responsibility you know for uh guaranteeing the win and he's i think he said that you know coach coach took responsibility for giving him bulletin strip material <laughs> I, didn't, uh, I didn't catch yeah. that. I think that I, I wrote that down, so I think that's a bulletin strip. I material. liked that he was like reading from notes on his phone. Yeah, yeah. me too. So good Joe He prepped for that. That was that awesome. was really funny. I thought. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I am. I am back here, and I'm. And first off, I apologize for that. No, no, that was great. It's the most I, exciting I, moment I, uh, of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I was cracking up at that speech. Um, <laughs> I didn't find the speech very motivational, to be honest with you. <laughs> Is that fair to say? Uh, yeah. I thought it was okay. I think it was I, nice that he got up, yeah. Yeah, I don't think people yeah. were expecting okay. it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Uh, and, um, and speaking of, of that Cowboys game, I did think that seeing Doug like remount the team was 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 nice to see. Like we we don't we don't get to see the uh, bad cop version of Doug very often, so unless hold, he's yelling hold at that us. thought because because Doug is number 7 on this list. Okay. Uh we will so uh we're not going to get to the Avante Maddox Dallas Goddard combination. Um, okay. Let's, let's. We already let's read. About we, already, we already read about yeah. that. Yeah. We don't need yeah. to talk yes, about it. There you go. Uh, Brandon Brooks. He had a pretty big role. What'd you think of Brandon Brooks? Well, my favorite mini scene in the whole show was Brandon Brooks uh, gawking at Allen Iverson. That was fantastic. Yes, that was good. Um, the way that he was like trying to trying to just like shift his eyes and and watch. That was great. I think those are some of the most interesting athletes, the one where other athletes are sort of in awe of them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Iverson certainly fits that. Other than that, I thought Brandon Brooks was exactly who we get when we interview him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I there was that interesting moment where he said something to like Arthega Whiteside. Did one of you write about that one or no? Uh, on the field, like Arthega Whiteside had a catch. Oh, and that's Brooks right. Is, that first oh, yes, catch yes. of that, of that yeah. uh, yes. game. And yeah. Brooks is like, Cowboys you have catch. that in, you remember that or something. It, it, right. I think as someone, um, I can't remember, I think so, I don't know if someone emailed with their thoughts or tweeted or what, but someone else mentioned that, like that felt like a continuation of a previous conversation. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Yeah, I thought that was good. 
And then of course yeah, I the books came off well. Of course the uh, as we as we've talked about the not human being like these are not normal human beings. His reaction after his shoulder pops out and he's like, oh, yeah. it's like ah, yeah. ah like we'll just pop this right back in. I'll be back out. Like <laughs> like all right, dude. Yeah, those were some of the hey. good stuff. And even Avante Maddox when he got injured, right? And Jenkins is like, "You good?" And he's like, "I'm good, Jenk." And he was like, legitimately begging to be back in the game. Right. I mean, the guy missed three games after that. Like, he was in no shape to uh, still be playing. And even I don't know, just the some of the footage. Like, I loved how they shot some of the plays. You know, they show it to you from different angles. Um, that that was actually another positive. And it's and it's also pretty interesting too. Like. Uh, when we're watching the game in a press box and, and we're scrambling to figure out what's going on with an injury or a given situation, uh, it's interesting to see in, in, in real time, like the teammates don't even know. I, I think it was Zach Ertz who might have said in the huddle, um, like uh, Brooks, Brooks had an anxiety attack right. or, or something mm-hmm. of, of that nature. Uh, so, so that was, it was interesting to see how it happens in real time. Uh, so so let's move on now to the final three. Uh, I'll lump these three together: Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, Jeffrey Lurie. Um, I would say my I don't know if my opinion changed on Doug at all, but I was I was happy to see a little bit uh, more than we get to see, like when he's when he's playing bad cop. I thought that was interesting. I really it's crazy that we couldn't get more Doug Peterson in this uh, in this series. Uh, Howie, I would say uh, my opinion changed not at all. Uh, his little his little section was uh, we didn't learn anything, and uh, Jeffrey it was interesting to see what his box looks like. That was about it. Yeah, I feel like it was a real missed opportunity for Doug Peterson. Um, you know, I I don't know if it's if it's him say I I would think that if it gets to like a certain point, I mean, I don't know when they edit this and stuff, but. I feel like if they had a lot of footage on him, I'm sure he didn't want them in private stuff, but I feel like there had to be footage of him that they should have used. Because, you know, he really doesn't have the profile, I think, nationally, that he that he probably should. He's won a Super Bowl. They've gotten to the playoffs three straight years. I mean, I think he's a really good play caller. He's got great relationships with his players, you know, and 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 just none of that comes across, really. I mean, a, li- a little bit, but they didn't show enough of him uh, that I feel like, you know, was there a conversation between him and Brandon Brooks after Brooks uh, left that game early? I'm sure there was, you know, and I bet that would have been pretty cool to see. So, uh, you know, the parts that we did see, I think were good. I think sometimes it's hard as a coach when you're in front of the team that much to, you know, I see it sometimes when they post these locker room speeches after games, and I think he's finding those, but it's they're often the same thing, you know, and you're like, oh, this has to get old. So I thought it was actually cool that he was, all right, Ertz is going to address the team, Deshaun's going to address the team. Um, you know, you mentioned the Kelsey thing. I think that's like smart leadership and smart coaching to have other people's voices be heard and good self-awareness that, Hey, you know, this is probably, they're probably sick of hearing from me. It's been 13 straight weeks plus training camp plus more for players who've been around here more. Um, So I think it was just a a missed opportunity there. Yeah. Howie Roseman. I didn't think he got much from him and Jeffrey Lurie. It was, yeah, just like a, a couple scenes there. So, you know, you, you didn't really get a lot of insight there either. Yeah. So I, I was, uh, I was underwhelmed by this, especially, I wanted to see Howie Roseman do his job. Like yeah. that, that would have been interesting to me. And and I I don't think I think you you could have shown it in a way that does not give a competitive advantage. But 
you know, if if you watch Hard Knocks, for instance, you always see the general manager. That's that's a big part of it. In in past all or nothings, uh, you've seen that as well. You know, I think back to to the Rams one. I you know you, you saw a lot of less need in that. Um, Steve Kime. There was so much on Steve Kime. Yes, ex- exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there's a chance to show how he do his job, and it's it's just seeing how he drive to work. And then fist pound Don Smolensky in the, in the booth. Um, I I thought there was, I thought that left a lot more to be desired because he's such an important figure in the organization. Could, yeah, how about how about like during the trade deadline? That would have been great. Exactly. Just get in his office. Exactly. You don't have to tell us who he's talking to or who the player is. But I would just want to know what his end of the conversation is there. That would have been uh, really fun. So, yeah, I mean, I feel like we're just crushing everything, but um, I don't know. Well, we've I also totally spent agree. like 40 minutes talking about the show, so it couldn't have been all, all bad. But uh, I do think, I think that this is like a, uh, if you are the kind of person who wants to know how much weight, like how much juice Jeffrey Lurie carries uh, with the league, this is like, on the one hand, they got sort of strong-armed in, into doing this without uh, wanting to. On the other hand, they were able to say, like, uh, well, we're not showing anything at interesting at all. So a little bit of both, probably. Why not, though? Like, like why not do it? And I, I, I know it's selfish Well, yeah, I mean, to I totally agree with that. Because... But. Because I'm I'm in uh you know I'm 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 someone who I, I don't want to say could could benefit of, but I could do my job better uh, seeing it so I, I I know I'm 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 biased. That being said, I just think that it's a way to to show off, advertise, humanize your organization and i i thought there was a lot more they could have done well who do you think so well let's get it so i know we're wrapping up but like whose direction do you think like is that jeffrey lurie saying we're we're not showing anything we're not giving him anything is it howie roseman is it doug peterson is it uh, media relations i mean because if you're you know like jeffrey lurie is very aware of their reputation and i i would almost think like he would look at this and say let's showcase like you said some of the things we have going on. And, you know, Howie Roseman is very aware of how he's viewed. I feel like he would almost say, you know, want to use it as a way to um, show some of the things that he does. Uh, I don't think Doug Peterson is like one of the, you know, he's probably middle of the road in terms of coaches who are guarded versus not guarded. So I don't know. Do you have any opinion like why it was this way or who, who would kind of instruct them to do it this way? I think it's just that's the organizational philosophy top down. I think maybe not maybe not Jeffrey necessarily, but like going back to Andy, this is the way that like you know Howie um, and Doug have just sort of Howie especially just been taught like you know the less the less people know the better. I think it's the paranoia you've talked about. It's really silly, but but I think that's it. Okay. And I think it's it's uh, yeah to follow up on that on that paranoia when. It's not their production. I think they're sensitive to it. Mm. Now, I, you know, they they have some some role in it, obviously. Uh, but when it's it's not their when it's not their direct production, I I, I think they're especially guarded. I, I think if this was an in-house documentary, I think it, it might have shown a, a little bit more. And you've seen the Eagles over the past. You know, they they had that great clip that they showed of Carson Wentz. Uh, his combine interview that the team released, uh, which was fascinating, and they've done stuff before. 
But if it's if it's not their production, then I think there's some paranoia there. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, even like the you know, I love the coaches uh, filled room pieces with Fran Duffy. I mean, the, I remember that mm-hmm. one with Stoutland yep. last year. Like that was awesome. You um, may like so, that. I'm not. I don't like that. <laughs> that's right. So yeah, some of that stuff has been able to get out there, and it really. I mean, I think it earns a lot of goodwill with the fans. But anyway, exactly. All right. Anything else? Any closing thoughts? Uh, yeah, my closing thought is uh, I I want to uh, give a moa culpa because uh, Sheil asked me for uh, what movies he should watch, and I should have just told him that he sh- he should shouldn't have asked me. He should ask our producer Kent. He has his own movie podcast. Oh, got, well, it's our, on, our listeners right. should check that out. Mad about movies. Well, yeah, that is a terrible job out of you. I would agree. Yeah. And they play a great game. Uh, they have a a draft that. Uh, that's pretty interesting. So check that out. Well, there one you out. go. So I can check that out and I'll know which one to listen to. I don't know. Good. I don't have to rely on you giving me the best picture uh, as your yeah, recommendation. Well, I stand by that. And I think, uh, I think, and, I think, and, I think and Ken Shield, will have my have back on that one too. <laughs> uh, Shield, do you have uh, 30 seconds of advice for Bo going into jury duty? Tomorrow? I don't think so. I was trying to think about this. I did it once. I was with Birds 24 7 at the time and uh i don't really remember i didn't get picked so it, it wasn't really that notable it was a lot of sitting around i would say bring like a hard copy book right that's the that's the thing because you're gonna have to uh you know a lot of it is just sitting around i feel like i am i i i, I told uh, zach this last night during our brief stop and chat i'm i am i feel like zach in that i am like really excited about this because I want to be able to do my civic duty. I've been I've been wanting to be on a jury forever, and this is my first huh. time actually getting called. I can't really relate to the feeling about being excited about anything. Yeah, well, I know that's right. Uh, shout out. So I uh, sorry. Quick shout out to uh, Andrew Keats was the one who uh, emailed. He said he's an unsolicited um, birdsman, and um, he mentioned the thing about Brandon Brooks uh, having the pep talk with our thing mm-hmm. Whiteside. All right, go ahead. I had jury duty last uh, last March, and um, and I got uh, I got a tip while I was there that the Eagles were about to to sign Vinnie Curry. Uh, and was it from was I it from was, the Jordan Corporation? No, okay, because of the Jordan shoes. No, but he does have a lot of Jordan sneakers. And if you want right. to find out how many and where he keeps them, check out theathletic.com. Uh, but uh, it was like. It was paranoia for me because I I can't answer the phone, okay. So I need to rely on text, and I can't I, I can't really have my computer out, so I can't like t- type out a story, okay. So um I'm like look I'm sneaking the, on my phone to try to first to try to write a story and then to try to tweet it out uh on on my phone. So that that was my jury duty story, and it um it it was the first day of the NCAA tournament, I believe. And I love the NCAA tournament. And so uh, this was one of those things where you're just sitting there. And I sat there till like 3.30, 4 o'clock until I, – I, I didn't get picked. But I have no problem doing my civic duty. It just – I just wish it was like any other day except the day that I got news to break and the NCAA tournament was going on. But I guess that's that's part of doing it, right? So if Bo, gets, if Bo gets picked, then uh, me and Zach get to do the podcast next week without you? No, we'll just record at night. I don't know. My you, guess is I'm not hosting again. You might be sequestered. Yeah, well, that's possible. You might be in a hotel room. Who knows what this case is? <laughs> I guess we'll find out. I'm excited. Okay. All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Birds with Friends. We will be back next week for the Ospreys. 
For Bo Wolf and Shield Kapadia, I'm Ospreys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For Bo Wolf and Shield Kapadia, I'm Zach Berman, and we really appreciate you. Words with friends. Words with friends.